take me in the spirit into the heavenlies, and we'll get to that at the end. So if you've never been here before, I just got out of a situation. The Lord brought me out because of the faithfulness of the saints, because we serve a, a good God. We serve a God who never loses. He brings us victory. And when we think we can't stand anymore, he fights for us. He stands for us. He's the God of all gods, the King of kings, the only salvation there is, the only difference between eternal life and eternal darkness. And he fights for you more than you can even imagine because he loves you more than you will ever realize. We think we can realize it, but we just can't. You'll enter into it when you get to be with him one day, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. But anyway, I just, if, you, if you haven't been here before, I just got out of a situation with COVID where I was in the ICU, step-down unit for 11 days, and uh, I don't remember the day I went in. So if you think all this is weird, it's not weird. It's true because the supernatural is greater than the natural. God is greater than anything we can experience unless the glory comes down. <laughs> and believe me, there was glory. There was glory all around me. And it's because of the prayers of the saints. And the Lord sent me back because you guys have a good work to do. And he told me that. I got to speak to him. And he told me that he has a mighty work for you. So anyway, I don't remember the day I went in. What I remember first, so I'm just going to give you a little backstory. so please don't get bored with me, okay? Because, like, I'm not... I'm not trying to dramatize. I'm not trying to draw any attention to myself. I want you all to go read Philippians 1, the entire chapter, because you will see in there. Now, I'm no Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> I'm no Paul. But in Philippians 1, if you really read it closely, you will see that Paul said, you know, I was imprisoned, I was tormented. People were against me. They were trying to bring down the gospel. But because of the things that I have gone through and the torments I have experienced, the gospel will be proclaimed all the more. <laughs> See, and that's, that's why we're here, beloved. That's why you're here, beloved. So today's message is, it's a warning, but it's mostly an encouragement. So anyway, after Ken left, which, that was a miserable feeling. I remember that. Okay, you're going to have to excuse me if I tear up a bit. I, I am totally overwhelmed by God's goodness. And if there's anything I could convey to you throughout this whole experience, is that you can rely on the love of God for you. He loves us so much. If we could all just rest in that, we'd never fear another thing in our lives. Nothing. Nothing at all. So Ken left, and that was a really yucky feeling because he's my rock in this earth, not in the supernatural. Jesus is the rock. But he left, and the... It's all, you know, things were kind of coming, I don't know, maybe you don't, I don't know, never mind. But anyway, a doctor came in, and immediately I just felt this overwhelming darkness, contention, um, combativeness, not in me, 
coming from the outside. You see what I'm saying? I didn't combat. I'm not a combative person except in the spirit, but I will stand my ground because of Jesus and because of the word. And immediately, the very first thing he said to me after Ken had left is, can I put you on a ventilator? And I said, no, I would prefer you not. He said, good, because if I put you on a ventilator, you will not be walking out of this hospital. Well, that's encouraging. Not at all. And throughout that whole time, before they took me out of the, that ICU step-down unit, I cannot tell you how many times the doctors came in with that threat. That if I put you on a ventilator, you're not walking out. And I said in my spirit, I'm walking out of here. I am walking out of here because my God is bigger than what you have to say from, to me. My God is bigger than the darkness that you're trying to cloak me in. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying anything bad about any individual. I'm not saying anything bad about any hospital. But there are spirits that work through people. Okay? And they're very real. And Satan always wants you to agree with him. You see, the only way that Satan can come at you is in your mind. That's it. To the believer is in your mind. And he will always try to get you to agree with him. He will twist the word. He will make it sound okay. You know, he can make it sound pleasant. But he will try, he will twist the word and he will try to get you to agree with him. And as long as you do not agree with him, you're going to be okay. As long as you stand on the rock-solid word. See, the word is Jesus. The word is alive. You know, I, back in October, the Lord started talking to me about <clears throat> what the word really is. You see, the word is Jesus. Jesus is alive. And when he's in you, as a believer, he is in you. See, he is the word become flesh. We need, we need to take that much more seriously than we've ever taken that before. He is the word made flesh. So when he is in you, it is his flesh. I am talking about real, actual flesh, the living flesh that engrafts you. Do you see? That's seeded into you. I don't think we think about that as much as we should. It's real. It's, it's living. It replaces your flesh. It gives you new lungs. Do you see what, do you know what I'm talking about? Am I getting it across? This isn't something just that it's a picture it's physical. It's real. He manifests. So anyway, you know, the devil will try to get you to agree with him. As long as you don't agree, you're going to be fine. Never once in this whole experience did I talk to the devil. Not once. I didn't care what he said to me. I just preached the word. That's all I did. Just preach the word, and you guys preached the word, and I know you did because the Lord told me about it. And when I get to the end, you're going to see what I, what, how real, how real, how actual prayers really are. You not praying for someone could be the difference between life and death in them. I'm talking physical life and death and spiritual life and death. But you praying for them is life and light. So, anyway, you know, I was 
speaking all these scriptures. Oh, and let me tell you this. You know how I always preach, don't just remember the word, don't just recite the word. You read the word as much as you can. You speak the word as much as you can out loud so that your spirit hears it in your own voice. That's the most important way. Well, I always say that. And the reason, and I saw it so clearly, because for, not, for 11 days, I couldn't really move. I couldn't do anything. They would keep saying, take a breath, take a breath. And I couldn't. I couldn't get a breath. And they would say, come on, breathe deep. And I'm like, how can you breathe deep when you can't? Deeply. And they had me lay on my stomach because that's apparently the way you get the most oxygen. And, oh, back to the demonic thing about the, the doctor that first came in. When I told him I didn't want to be on the ventilator, I said, no, I prefer that you not do that. He looks at the nurses or attendants around, and he goes, okay, I'm authorizing five liters of oxygen and no more. Well, you see, somewhere along the line, the angels interceded because I was on forced air, and I know it went up past six because they told me it did. So there's a situation where a man has a certain way, but God has another way. See what I'm saying? Every little thing, every little thing. Your prayers, when the, when the nurses came in, it was an angel army. They were an angel army, and I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. But where was I before I went back to the part about the, the leaders? What? Oh, yeah, I was trying to take a deep breath, and I, you know, there was just, in the natural, of course, and I, and I was praying the scriptures. I was just praying, I was speaking out, I don't know that I was speaking them out loud, I'm, I'm not aware of that, but I was speaking them in my, oh, that's what I was saying. You, ho hope you, none of you ever come to this place where the only thing you can do is think it. That's why you got to have the word planted in your heart. Out of the heart are the issues of life. And you have got to fight with the word. And I couldn't necessarily speak, but because the word was planted, I could recite those verses. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. The name of Jesus is above every other name. You see? I am in the kingdom of light, and no darkness will overcome me, because my God is the God of light, and life, and freedom, and liberty. You see? You, you take all those scriptures and you know, I did write some of them down that I just kept rehearsing over and over in my mind. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, and it quickens my mortal body. And I'm just saying these over and over and over and over. And um, Jesus dwells in me, and he is the word made flesh, and he is new flesh to my flesh. You see that? And my youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Take whatever scriptures. And I was speaking to the Lord at one point, and maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I said, Lord, any one of those scriptures, just one, everything is beneath the feet of Jesus. Just one of those scriptures is enough to make me whole. Just one. I just need, that's it. It's alive. Your word is true. So anyway, you know, I was laying there and finally, finally, oh, well, I want to tell you about the nurses first. Is this okay? Okay. I don't want to, like, bore you or take up too much time. 
but they truly were, I know you guys had to be praying for good nurses, because n none of the doctors had light. They would come in in just darkness. And it was like the nurses were the shield around me. You know, the scripture tells us that he is a shield, that he is our shield. And they would come in, and I don't know that they were all believers, but this first nurse, Melanie, she looks really hard and crusty on the outside. And she had the sweetest, most tender heart. And she would say to me, when, when the doctors would come in and they would say, you know, you may not be walking out of here. And I would say, I, I am walking out of here. I am walking out of here. And um, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And, 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 and she would come to me and she'd say, hey, sweetie, you're going to make it. She just kept telling me that every time she would come in. Hey, sweetie, you're going to make it. I said, you know what? Just don't think about any of that. You just take this one step at a time. She goes, just remember to be patient. Be patient. Don't get discouraged. And she would talk to me like that every day, every time she came in. And one time I was sitting there and I was in a ton of pain from, you know, not being able to get up. And I was laying on my stomach and she just started rubbing my back. Just tender mercies. You know, the tender mercies of the Lord. And then she found my communion cup. She goes, what is this? I said, oh, those are my communion cups. Could you help me take communion? And she made sure every day I had communion. She helped me. I couldn't eat. I didn't eat for nine days. I couldn't eat. I couldn't breathe. You can't eat when you can't breathe. But she would make sure I had my communion. And she must have told all the other nurses because every single one of them that came in would come up to me and say, would you like to have communion? I'm like, hallelujah, yes, I would. And <coughs> Teresa, have any of you ever seen the movie um, Sister Act One? Okay, there's that really jolly, happy, heavy-set nurse, and she just cannot help but be joyful. And Teresa would come in, and all this joy would just fill the room. You know, I mean, the, the nurses were incredible that the Lord sent. And th they sent one when she looked really hard on the outside, and she was so kind and so sweet, and she would just do anything I, I would need. She would ask me things. She would show me how to use the, like, that was the two days before I got out of the hospital. She showed me how to use the breathing machine and all that stuff and when she went to leave and I talked to her a little bit and when she went to leave she came over and she just gave me this big old hug I mean just awesome loving kind so anyway that was those were the nurses but um, but they were God's army they were God's army so anyway I want to get to the part where you know God sends protection around you so I want to get to the point where the Lord transported me in the spirit. And this happened like three nights in a row, and then on the final night, I mean, I was talking to the Lord the whole time, but on the final night, I really talked to the Lord. Oh, and here's the other thing. Finally, they let William come and Benjamin Ken was still sick. I want to I tell you something, and this has been confirmed by several different people that don't, do not know one another that sent me texts. And every single one of them said that this was a demonic attack. That's why I brought up Paul earlier. Don't be discouraged when an attack comes because it doesn't mean necessarily that your faith is weak. The devil tried to take out every single person in our family all at once. And the point is, he didn't win. It was a demonic attack. But the devil did not get his way. 
And it is because there's a mission for me, there's a mission for my family, and there's a mission for you. But anyway, so back to the part about being transported in the spirit. And it was like, night after night, the Lord took me to this place. I'm not, I'm not calling it a dream. It was not a dream. It was not even a vision. It was a transportation taken in the spirit just outside the gates of heaven. And I was lying on, I'm going to use this word pillar, and that does not in any way, you're not supposed to receive a connotation of exaltation there, personal exaltation. Okay, I don't want you to think that anything about that at all, like that. It was a rock pillar. And I was laying face down. Face down on a solid rock pillar. And there were all these beautiful, beautiful colors moving through it. It was solid rock, but it was alive. I mean, it was solid like granite rock, but it was transparent with light. And it had all these beautiful colors moving through it, and these beautiful shapes, and they never stopped, and you couldn't see the beginning of it. And it just kept growing and growing, and I was laying face down on the top of it. And all around it, and it was illuminated. I mean, there was just light. Have you ever seen light coming out of a rock? I mean, no. But in the heavenly realms, things are so different. And so I was laying there, and this rock was illuminated, and all these beautiful colors were coming through them, and these shapes, and they were just moving constantly. And I knew that those were the prayers of the saints. It was the spoken word. That's what it was. It's not wishes. It's not, oh, I hope. It was the alive, permanent, incorruptible, definite, strong, never-changing word. And only the word spoken out of the saint's mouth. It was the word you were speaking, it was the word I was speaking, it was the word my family was speaking. You know, that, that's what I was about to tell you a minute ago. You know, Satan tried to take out the whole family at once, and, well, William was f the first one able to come to see me after four days. And he came, and he just started reading the word to me. He just read out of the Psalms. And it was breath in my lungs, and it was life to me. So if you ever have anyone who's in that situation and you can't communicate with them, you just sit there and read them the word. Because I could feel, I was trying, like I say, on my own. I was, you know, new, rehearsing, uh, speaking the scriptures that I knew. But it brings so much strength when someone comes alongside you and reads the living word. So anytime you're in a situation like that, just read the word. Don't go talk to them. Yeah, you can love on them, but just read the word. Just read the word, because it's life. It's life. And um, so anyway, I was laying there, and all around this rock pillar with the prayers moving, you know, how can a rock move? But it, it moves because these prayers just keep coming through, and they would come up to the surface, and they would just be all through this whole pillar, and all around this pillar 
was the blackest black darkness you could ever imagine. Nothing like you've ever seen here on earth. And right across this blackness, and here I am laying on the pillar, and I could see myself. Like I was laying there, but I was over here, and I would see myself. And I would see all this around. And so right over here to the right of me, the only thing I know to call this is a portal. Um, it wasn't a window. It wasn't a door. I don't really know how to call it. And it was also totally illuminated. You know, you could see the illumination coming from the other side. And it was just, just totally illuminated all the time. But it also was the motion, the pictures of the prayers. And I knew on the other side of that was heaven. I knew that. So there was this portal, and it was just totally filled with prayers of the saints. And it was the only thing standing between me and where I was lying. So the prayers of the saints work. But let me tell you something, you don't have to work the prayers. You don't have to work the word. So many times, and what the Lord told me totally shifted my paradigm and how I think about a particular aspect. You do not have to work the word. The word is its own life, and it does what Jesus and the Lord want it to do. So anyway, there was this portal and I don't know which day it was. I really don't. Maybe, maybe the third day because I kept seeing this every night or I don't know if it was night. <coughs> and <coughs> so I was lying there and <coughs> I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to go home. And he said, I'm taking you home. And I said, no, Lord, I don't think you understand me. And I really, I can't believe I talked to the Lord this way, but anyway, I said, no offense, Lord. That's what I said. I said, no offense, Lord, but I really don't want to come to be with you. I want to go back home. When I say home, I said, you need to clarify what home you're talking about. I said, I want to go home to my kids and my husband. I want to go home to my church family and the, the flock that you've given me. That's your flock, not my flock, it's his flock, but the one that you've put together with me. I said, that's the home because I have a whole lot more I want to accomplish for you. I said, I'm not done. And he said, I know, Lisa Marie, I'm glad you agree because I have a whole lot more I want you to do. <laughs> and when he said that to me, see, it wasn't just me. It was you. You get that? He's knit us together. So it wasn't just me. I mean, yes, I wanted, and I said that to him, I do not mean to offend you, Lord, but I don't want to come to be with you. I'm sure it would be wonderful. I'm sure it's beautiful. But I have so much more I want to accomplish. And he said, I agree. I have so much more that I want you to accomplish for me. So I'm sending you back. But this is early on. There were still days when I was laying on my stomach and not able to eat or get up or, you know, do things. And I don't want to confuse you because I probably don't have a total understanding of everything that I've just gone through. I'll admit that. I think there's going to be a whole lot more that the Lord's going to reveal. Um, 
But at one point I said to the Lord, and he didn't answer this question. Well, in reality, he did answer it at the end. But he didn't really answer it right when I said it. I said, Lord, I can get up right now just because any one of those scriptures that I've been praying, I can get up right now in full strength and I can walk out of this hospital room right now. I don't need to wait. I don't need to go through all this other stuff. That's what I said to him. And I didn't get an answer right then. <laughs> so anyway, then it came to the time where I actually was able to... Um, I don't know, get up, <laughs> not get up out of bed, but I don't know how you want to put that, it's a strange thing. So anyway, I, I uh, was back in public life, and the very first thing the Lord said to me when I moved out of that really critical that's a good way to put it. Moved out of that, what men call critical, you know, into uncritical. And uh, Ken was there, and the Lord said to me, Lisa Marie, I fought for you. And I said, Lord, that doesn't make any sense. You don't need to fight for me, because you see, in the in our realm, in, in the spirit-filled churches, we have this teaching that the work is finished, right? Jesus did it all. God already won everything. He's just going to sit there. He's sitting down. He doesn't need to do one more thing. And when he said that to me, when he said, Lisa Marie, I fought for you, the minute I came out, that was a tilt to me. Because I'm so used to the word, the word, the word, the word. It works, it's alive, it's true. It, you know, and, and you've already done everything you ever needed to do. And so I had that discussion with him and I said, so what does that mean? And he said, Lisa Marie, my great love for you always fighting. He says it's because of how much I love you. And he said sometimes my beloved children they maybe don't have a full understanding of the, of the word. And he goes in those situations my love extends. My love covers. My love goes beyond. So you see it's not all up to you saints. You know, the word is true, the word works, it's alive, but there is a, an element of his love that we have never even comprehended yet. In our weakness, he's made strong. His strength prevails, and his strength is his great love for you. And if you can get a concept of that love for you, you see what I'm saying? It is unsurpassable. It's more than you'll ever imagine. It's strong. It's fierce. It is fierce. It is full of the fury and the love and the compassion and the mercy of God. And it goes way beyond everything that you're ever going to preach any word that you're ever going to speak. You see, his word is his love, but we don't have a full revelation of it. Is that making sense to you today? And it really changed how I think about what he's done and continues to do through Jesus and the alive word. So anyway... I think, let me just see if there's 
any, oh, yeah, this is important. So when all this was over, he started explaining to me about the pillar. And I'm going to ask Ken, because, you know, I can sit here and tell you all this, but when there's another corroboration, it makes you understand even more how true it really is. But um, he, that's when he explained to me. I mean, I knew that that rock that I was laying on was Jesus. I knew that when I was there. That was Jesus. That was the word. But when that was all over, he revealed to me that that rock pillar were the prayers of the saints, the prayers of my family, the word that I was speaking, because Christ is the word, and as long as your words are based, your prayers are based on the word, it's the same. But you know, your prayers include your weeping. He revealed that to me when you sow in tears. Your prayers include your worship when it's based on the word. You know, in Ephesians it says to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs in, you know, in the spirit and lift praise and worship unto the Lord. Those are all prayers. Those are all effective. But anyway, um, he spoke to me and he said, do you understand that the only place where there was light was that rock pillar? where the word, prayer spoken by the word, that was the only place. The only place where there is light is where the word is being made effective, where the word is being spoken. Everything else is darkness, but did you know that the darkness never could come close to encroaching upon that rock pillar, that it was illuminated from the inside out? And that that portal that you saw was totally illuminated. And no darkness could go beyond that. And there is one point when I, you know, when I was talking to him and I, I said, Lord, I want to go home. And we had that whole conversation. And I knew, he did not tell me this, but I knew in my spirit that had I chosen, I could have I gone on. I could have crossed over into heaven. He would have allowed that. And I knew that on the other side of that portal was the throne of God. But he wanted to make me very aware of the fact that where the word is spoken, where the, where the word is prayed, darkness cannot get in. It cannot over it cannot overcome the light. So he was speaking this to me and he was showing me that picture. But then in, in texts and in other things, can can you say what people were sending to you and what the what your prayers were and what the Lord spoke to you? Sure. Which of sure. course I didn't know. So I took Lisa Marie to the hospital on the twelfth of of uh, December, and we at that point we were trying to <clears throat> keep the the virus from spreading through our family, you know. And I was already really sick, so I I took her down there, and uh, she was not able to talk. In fact, she couldn't. I didn't talk to her until I was finally allowed to go back into the hospital on the fifteenth. But she couldn't talk. I mean, she couldn't even say one word. Um, we got into the emergency room, and she, uh, thank God it wasn't packed like I hear they are now, but they, they, they let her, they said, well, okay, we're taking her back, and you can't go. That's a terrible feeling. Anyway, okay. So, um, in fact, nobody could go because we're trying to keep the family from getting it. We were trying to uh, 
keep everybody safe. But I couldn't go, and they weren't going to allow me in for a whole, uh, actually, till the following Friday. Um, but thank God we had uh, uh, William, who had had it first, was cleared to go. So he and Ben and Benjamin, and they were they were our our voices to her speaking the word, and. Uh, that was a comfort to know that somebody could be there and and recite the prayers that all all of us were were praying and all the encouraging words and all the living words of our our God. Um, anyway, so pretty much everybody was praying all day, and we had a little family uh, group text going, and it was. I had to silence it sometimes because it was just constantly <laughs> ding, ding, because <laughs> everybody was, you know, uh, sending words of encouragement, words out of the Bible, the living words of God, you know, which were super encouraging to all of us. And we knew that Benjamin and William were there for a couple of days because he wasn't actually, they weren't actually cleared to go in until I think it was the the 13th maybe so a day or two 13th or 14th and not only was William I don't know if she was aware of this but not only was William uh, you know reading scriptures he was um, reading the group text and, and the, the, the passages people were sending across in our family and when I was finally able to go in on the 15th, that's what I would do too. She still couldn't talk. She just couldn't, um, she's on her stomach. She couldn't breathe uh, at all. Uh, well, obviously enough to live, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and then I would just sit there and, and read the, all the scriptures everybody was sending across. And then we would do communion together. But getting back to the point uh, about the theme of light and darkness. Uh, on Wednesday, um, January 15th, I w it was early in the morning and I was praying for her and speaking life over her. Um, and the Lord just gave me a scripture, um, which I know you've all heard before, but it became a, it became a theme in our family. And I think it's something that the Lord really put on my heart, uh, this theme of light and darkness. But um, because I had not communicated with her, so I, I, I really didn't know what was going on. And nobody wanted to, uh, when William and Benjamin started going, they, they would come home in, with encouraging words. They, weren't, they would not, not speak, you know, non-life, non-living words. Okay, and but anyway, on the fifteenth, I was praying, and all of a sudden, I I got the scripture, and it's John one five. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And so I got that scripture, I looked it up, and read it, and then I backed up one verse to verse four, and. In him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. And so on our family text chain, I sent out that uh, John 1.5 and what it said. And one of the uh, kids responded and said, Oh my gosh, I just read that scripture ten minutes ago. And then immediately there was another text from another one of our kids that, that said, I, I was writing that on a, um, a card, you know, uh, to, to recite. I was writing that down and was in the process of writing that when your text came over. And I mean, it just sent chills. It just sent chills. Chills of joy, though, I'm going to be honest with you, because, you know, um, and she touched on this earlier, and I don't, I don't want to take too much of her time, but anyway, you know, when I, 
I finally got to go to the hospital, um, she wouldn't let me leave the room. And, <laughs> and so I had to be there every time the, the one negative doctor would come in. And I don't want to spend a bunch of time on that. But, you know, basically when he would start talking trash, I called it, I would just start talking over him. And, and, and then he'd stop saying, he'd, you know. And then if he started it up again, I would just, within two feet of his face, I'd start talking. It's good to have a believing husband or spouse. Let me put it that way. Anyway, the, the okay, so I'm, I, I got to move on because I'm taking all her time. But um, then, then. The, the family, members of the family started shooting across the text all these verses dealing with, with the light, you know. And, you know, where there's light, there is no darkness. You know, darkness can't exist. You know, John, John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Immediately, uh, somebody else in, in the family sent across uh, Psalm 112.4. Even in, even in darkness, light dawns for the upright for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Immediately, someone shot back one, Psalm 118, um, 27. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. And that continued on, and we knew uh, at that point that uh, William... Benjamin were there with her and reading that to her and and not to sound uh, <coughs> egotistical but it was bad but I knew that the light was going to shine through I knew that I knew that I knew in my heart of hearts that this was going to be fine I you know, I was, many of the days I couldn't go in, I would just sit out in the hospital parking lot all day and just pray there. And we had other extended family members that were on the parking lot and friends that were just sitting on the, on the hospital parking lot and uh, just praying for her. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I would be sitting there praying and all of a sudden I see this car I recognize up on the lot, not next to me, but maybe three three places for her. But anyway, uh, I think that was kind of the theme that that really hit home for me was that where there's light, there is no darkness, and Jesus, our Lord God, is the light of this world. Amen. So see all that? All those prayers were going up, and I know church family, was, they, you all were praying about the light. And, and that is what God spoke and showed me. That is where he took me. And so, you see, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. From the moment he said, I, I knew I was walking out of there but then when he said, I'm taking you home because I have a lot more for you to accomplish and for your sheep to accomplish, there was still more to go through. I don't know, that's the part I don't understand, but, you know, I guess it's not really that important because he won the victory, period. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to say one other thing. You know, another reason, I, I know this was an attack. I know that the Lord was trying to end this ministry. I know that the Lord has a lot more for this ministry. Oh, I'm sorry, the devil. Did I, I got the Lord so much on my heart. The devil was trying to, you know, 
my one of the kids asked my doctor who when I first knew that I had gotten the virus um, you know he didn't offer me that monoclonal uh, antibody treatment I was the only one who didn't get it but one of my kids asked him why was that and he goes well because she's perfectly healthy I want you to know at like 62 and this isn't I'm not bragging on me I'm bragging on God I'm glorifying God <coughs> I'm not on any medication I don't have high blood pressure <coughs> nothing's wrong with me there's absolutely nothing wrong with me yet this was an attack you know what I'm saying <coughs> but since coming out of the hospital, the only, the only issues I really had were fi some physical pain. I've had pain in my neck and shoulder and pain in my knee because a fence uh, that wasn't secured several years ago gave way when I was trying to step over it with a bale of hay. <coughs> and the whole fence gave way and I hit my knee. And that had been bothering me ever since. You know, I walked out of the hospital room and all that was gone. You know? So, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, God is good. He's no respecter of persons. What he does for me, he does for you. Because his word is the same and true no matter what. So, at the beginning I said this is both a warning and an encouragement. The warning is know the word. Do the word. Don't do anything else, just the word. Put it in your heart, get it in your heart. And the encouragement is when you do that, it prevails. So anyway, that was the experience. And I'm sorry I'm remaining somewhat distant at this point, but I'm still on oxygen at home and I'm not, I, I may be like this, I might be sitting here, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. <coughs> but anyway, I love you guys and I can't thank you enough. I'm not confessing anything bad. I'm not confessing that I'm not going to, you know, I know I'm totally recovered. <coughs> but I don't want you to think I'm being rude when I keep my distance right now. Because there's certain wisdom too, you know. So anyway, thank you for the prayers. You made all the difference. I saw, I saw those prayers in heaven. I saw them. And they were what steps between me and moving on. So I love you, I appreciate you, and want you to be encouraged. And I was supposed to call Harry up, I think. Harry, was I supposed to call you up? Or are you, am I supposed to call you up? Okay, all right. So let's take our communion together. Another 